Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another quality conversation. As we like to say the cultured convos of For the Taste Show. Uh, CJ and Vino on all your digital streaming platforms. The DSPs, as the cool kids like to say, just go through the rundown. Follow at For the Taste Show on IG at show underscore taste on Twitter. And make sure that you follow Mr. Duncan for BK Norris 13. And you know what? Go follow Nabisco Toys and Nabisco Foods because we all grew up on their cereal and them Captain Crunches screamed up a lot of people's roots of their mouths as well. Now, with this particular episode of For the Taste, we are recording outside of the Chuck Row Record Studios in Las Vegas. We are on remote and lovely and normally hot as Tucson, Arizona. But with good reason. There's a good man that I wanted to make sure that we had a couple of quality minutes asking a few questions because his story is very unique and is kind and near and dear to my heart. So, from seeing this young man and his growth and development, not only professionally, but personally, he's got a unique story, interesting style, and he's got a little bit of acting chops in him too, which we want to kind of go over during the conversation. And to make sure that I give him his proper just do in his introduction, uh, I think he's one of the tallest people that I've seen in our line of work. So he always stands out in the crowd, kind hearted, and he's got a good story that we want to make sure we present. So ladies and gentlemen and our listeners, Mr. Greg Nowak, what's good, man? Well, damn. All right, man. How we doing? Yeah, you know, we're just trying to do a little something, something, man, you know, mm-hmm. uh, First things first, thank you for taking the time out. No doubt. Yeah, thank you for having me, bro. Now, let's just get into the particulars. All right. I see you sitting here in front of me with a slime t-shirt on. I'm sorry, sorry, a slime sweatshirt on. Right. That must be coming from your uh, your time going to see man you know of course i'm drawing a blank right now my boy young thug yeah i was like you know i was about to say jeezy but no jeezy retired and that's thug (laughs) motivation so going to see young thug i've seen you wearing some some quality sweatshirts a lot of good merch uh i think one of the first ones i gave you credit on was the astro world shirt for sure yeah i got too much travis merch well you helped him to be able to sell the records that he sell because ain't nobody really moving units unless they package it up you know with some merch or they get it with some tickets right get a digital sale with a shirt right so I'm going to go ahead and start first questions off about the music game. Now, we've got about, give or take, uh, 10 or so years as far as an age range. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's some tracks that I know that you appreciate and some artists that you enjoy. But then there's some that I know I have no idea who the hell is actually moving in the streets. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were going to go ahead and give somebody what's on your playlist right now that you're listening to, what would it be? I mean, it's a wide array of things. You know, I'm definitely a hip hop head for sure. And I flock to a lot of trap stuff. So Young Thug. Um, you know, a lot of Travis, a lot of Uzi Vert, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I, I like to spend a lot of Frank, you know, you, you put me on to emotional oranges, you know, that's definitely, um, makes an appearance. So a lot of different stuff, but you know, it definitely stays hip hop. Um, uh, Roddy Rich is probably the, the main one right now. Okay. Yep. I've been hearing people with that movement on Roddy Rich. So mm-hmm. now would you say that your music probably coincided with, you know, playing sports? And being in the streets? Absolutely. I mean, now, when I was, I don't, I forget what year it came out. I want to say I was 13. One of the first hip-hop albums I ever heard, my dad, we made a beeline to the CD store one day, and he bought Get Rich or Die Trying. 50 oh, Cent. Now, just as a reference point, when you say, I think I was 13, I was a 20-something. <laughs> <laughs> when Get Rich or Try, right. Die Trying came out, when uh, when Fifth and the G-Unit was moving. Mm. That's that's a trip. What made you want to run to the CD shop to grab that one? That wasn't me. That was my dad. Oh. He wanted to, he wanted to scoop. Okay, so, so hip-hop grows and grows through the family. For sure. I mean, he, he hooped in his day, too, so I, it probably has a lot to do with it because, you know, a lot of the artists I like today, you know, I mean, I, I learned about Travis mm. through a dude I used to hoop with, too. So, I mean, like, that's the stuff in the locker room. You know, it's definitely something that's that's in that culture. So if I didn't like it already, I would have definitely fell in love with it then. So as far as in the locker room culture, when 
you know, music is on because that's always a mixed bag. It actually helps to transition into the hooting game, you know, mm. where you came from on the East Coast. Did coaches ever give y'all any flack for mm. the music that y'all's playing? No. No, if anything, we put them on the stuff that they didn't know about. But, um, you know, they were always, they, they were some cool dudes. So they, they, they liked the hip hop too. I mean, anytime that we were playing something, they came in. I know our head coach, King Rice, he would probably like bust a dance move down too and just really like what we were doing. Nice. Now, with your experience as a student athlete, and I want to make sure that I give you the proper, you know, journey of your experience as a student athlete. Mm-hmm. You were part of the Monmouth team, correct? Yeah, for sure. Okay, what years were you at Monmouth? Man, that was, I was, think, 2013 to 17. Okay. Now, besides the fact of the team made it to the dance during your time there. So, no. Nah, I mean, we, we only got as far as the NIT. We were a bubble team the one year, but, you know, people like to say we got snubbed, you know, whatever it was. But I think that year we had we had some losses that, you know, factored in that, you know, some of the the basketball heads, you know, talking heads on TV. Oh, you know, was, Dick was their point. Yeah, I mean, that was their point. Well, actually, I think he was actually a big advocate for us. Him and Jay Bills were pissed when we didn't get in. But we had some losses that year that just, you know, people like analysts looked at and they were just like, that's a bad loss. And they don't. So, I mean, that's kind of what it boiled down to. Well, besides the fact that they didn't know what the hell they was talking about, mm-hmm. Mama should have been in the tournament because probably the thing that I kind of figured out where you came from was the bench mob. Right. That's where I really gained notoriety if that's what we want to call it (laughs) it's something that's part of the the culture of college basketball that now you almost see on a regular basis not only in college but even in high school and even in the pros Mm -hmm. so for folks that may not be familiar what we're talking about with the bench mob during what season was that because you were injured during that season right yeah that was my that was my junior year so what was that 15 16 season maybe okay I think so and the group when you see people now let's say uh i'm trying to think of just a random per- oh, okay let's say james harden for instance mm-hmm. if he pulls up on a three and then you see him you know not throwing up blood signs allegedly <laughs> but um you know he'll hit a three and if he hits a couple in a row then the bench is over there going wild you might see them dancing you know doing whatever mini choreography i want to say that a lot of that got burst off what you guys were doing just at a school out there in the Northeast. For sure. I think so. Because it really popped off when we were down in Florida for our Thanksgiving tournament mm-hmm. when we played and beat Notre Dame on a neutral court. Talk to him. That should help you on the bubble team. Yeah, that should yeah. get you into the dance, neutral court, all that stuff. But Power five nonsense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that was all televised, and that blew up. ESPN, that's when they were starting to zoom in and really get us. And, and honestly, that's when, like, I think it might have been that season or the next season, then Hawaii started doing stuff too. Um, that looked similar to what we were doing, but like, I mean, I wasn't mad about it. You know, I think it's flattery. You know, they're trying to imitate us or something. But I, I yeah, I do want to say that's kind of where a lot of it started. No, I, I mean, I've got to ask, who the hell came up with the idea of y'all surfboarding on the end of the bench or, you know, uh, what else? Playing tennis, of mm-hmm. archery, which has now almost become just over exaggerated at this point. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, specific ideas I can't think of because it was. You know, me and, and three of our, you know, good friends. So four dudes that we would just kind of bounce ideas off each other's head. And, you know, things got vetoed if we were like, you know, that's too much. The refs might not like that one or something like that. But I don't know. I don't think anything. I don't think we tie any individual idea to a specific person. Mm, okay. Very collaborative. So first night that you guys were going to actually pick it up, you said it was down during a Thanksgiving tournament mm-hmm. against Notre Dame. Yeah. Who was the first person up on the team that was just like, hey, this is what we're going to do? Honestly, that was probably me and my boy Dan Polari. We, I mean, I hate to say that we were like, you know, we're the we're the main dudes of it, or like kind of spearheaded a lot of it. But I mean, I had a list in my sock of things that we had 
in our back pocket ready to go. Like if I just like look at them, say something, they're like, I know my spot for this. I know what we're doing, that type of stuff. So if there was a downtime or something, it's like, hey, something might be coming up in this play. I pull that little piece of paper out. I'm like, you know, we can pull this one off. So maybe, I don't know. So you were almost like the, the Bill Walsh of this game where you had the play sheet, you know, the scripted plays to be able to, to bring us to the forefront now where we're seeing the overabundance of it. You could say that, yeah. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. You know, we should all be thanking these good folks mm-hmm. and thanking this good man here. <laughs> uh, when's the last time that you were at a game for Monmouth? Oh, man. Not since I left Jersey. You know, I mean, it's been a, it's been a while. I surprised since I graduated, honestly. But I've watched a lot on TV. You know, if they get any ESPN games, they're all on ESPN3, so... You know, marquee matchups with them. I'll definitely tune in and see how my boy's doing. I'm, I'm sorry. Anytime somebody says a number besides one or two, I immediately jump to the Ocho. I'm naturally, yeah. <laughs> Which is you know, the best ESPN, but. Oh, now, as far as with your time there, you know, unfortunately, injuries, you know, derailed what would have been a flourishing career. Because mm-hmm. what, you're sitting at about 6'7? Six, 6'8. Six, Okay. Fun fact, you're going to start shrinking. Gravity's going to push you down the other way. I was 6'9 on paper. Okay. Well, I mean, you know how they do it. You got the LeBrons (laughs) on, so everybody looks like an extra inch and a half in them damn moon boots. There you go. It helps. Whatever. I'm still not a fan of those shoes. Those are clean ones you got on. Word. You got to get the black and gold. Right. A lot of those bronze shoes just look like postopedics. Yeah. I don't like the multicolor, too. Keep it simple. So you went through that time from 13 to 17. Mm -hmm. What made you transition way out here to the West? It was really, I tell everybody, it's the weather. You know, I was I was always itching, you know, because, you know, like you touched on in the beginning, you know, I don't have crazy acting experience or anything, but it's just a bug I always had and an itch to always kind of get into. Um, so I was thinking, you know, just, I mean, this job at ADP kind of popped up. So I was able to, like, you know, take a big step out west, be closer to L.A. if I wanted to kind of do anything like that. Um, so it was kind of that. But also just, man, I lived in harsh winters for, you know, 24, 23 years. And mm-hmm. You know, that's that's it's about it. It's about all I can handle. Well, you know, you get people all the time, be it if you live out here in Arizona, if you live out in, in Tucson, or if you live out in Vegas, you know, folks like, how can you live there? Aren't the summers unbearable? Like, bro, I've seen what your winters look like. Mm-hmm. You know, things get shut down for days. And, you know, I went to school in 7,400 feet elevation, and we got, like, right. snow, snow. Yeah, yeah. Like, real snow. That that hurts after a while. It's brutal. You know, Your face hurts. The wind, it, it hurts. Yeah, like, doing everything hurts. Yeah. You know. And my mom texted me earlier, and she said it's going to get to 15 degrees tonight in mm. Pennsylvania. Mm. I'm like, yeah, y'all have fun with that. Yeah, like, oh, it's going to be 71 here, but we're going to have a cold from the weekend where it'll hit 52. It's a little chilly outside. I need yeah. a little light jacket today. But see, here's something that I'm probably sure that you're getting used to. You, know, you go through those winters where it probably didn't make the most sense, but you'd leave a workout, and you might have on a sweatshirt but you probably had on your shorts, mm-hmm. you know, and be able to skip around. But now a couple of years in this desert climate, if that breeze hits a little bit the wrong way, you bundle it up, like, ooh, it's getting chill that side. It makes you feel a little bit off. Like, well, I was just walking out down there with flip-flops on, you know, right. bracing. It ain't because you're getting older. We all know, like, the blood thins out, but it just, yeah. it's, a, it's a little sense of pride that your body just works a little bit differently. That's what I'm saying. I've always said it's, you know, I'd rather be way too hot than a little bit cold. Yeah. You know, it's just, I get cold too easily. And if it's going to be 20 degrees and snowing, like, what do you do? I'm staying inside for weeks. Like, Yep. And then that, that combo of it is when you've got to go adult, mm. you know, like go work somewhere or be somewhere. Yeah, it sucks when you're getting out here in the middle of July and your car might be on fire. But within about 90 seconds, it starts to cool off. Car's yeah. still hot, but, you know, right. it starts to cool off a little bit. You have an all-day event, damn near, 
when you've got to get to work for 8 a.m. on the East Coast. Because mm-hmm. it's not just 8 a.m. No. It's about a six something because you got to shovel, you got to mm-hmm. scrape, you got to bundle, and then you still got to go out there and go, you know, skate out on ice and hopefully not hit nobody. Oh, for sure. And, so, and let me tell you, I spent a lot of money on gas because you're right, you're waking up around six, six thirty ish, and then seven forty, I'm gonna go turn the car on. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna come back inside. I'm gonna let that run for a little bit, warm up, so when I get in the car, it's hot. It's blowing hot air. It's it's a process, man. So you moved out to the west to be able to to flourish the dreams, as they like to say. Yeah, absolutely, and it's been working well so far. What would you say if you had your chance to be able to talk with the next hot independent filmmaker what role do you think that g money noack would be able to to just jump right into man i don't even know i would i would i would just be i wouldn't want to get picky i'd be like what do you got on your what's on your desk right now let me just read through some script because i feel like i could get into probably i'd probably get into anything you know if i really think about it focus on it enough and just you know just have my thought process be that for weeks and days and just only think that i, I bet you i could get into it yeah favorite actor mm, probably matthew mcconaughey all right all right all yeah. right oh <laughs> uh, would you say favorite action actor is action act man because you know you're gonna have to eventually range out you won't, i mean obviously you want to get your critical acclaim by doing you know the sick hospital patient role right but you know you got to blow something up too that's true i mean at that point i'd probably go check out the rock vin diesel you know if i really got to get into it maybe a little bruce willis if okay. i really got to get into something all right something big a little butch a little yeah. butch willis. okay all right you could teach me a couple things now as far as in what we call our day gig Mm-hmm. How do things that we do in our day gig help you in your expiring act career? I mean, it helps, you know, financially, just well, so I can well, afford that. to do that, of course. <laughs> I mean, I think the other thing is just I, I get to talk to people a lot, you know, and, and, and really use my personality. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but like I'm, I like to think I'm pretty charismatic. Um, so building rapport with people and just kind of like, um, I don't know, just getting that out there and trying to see. But you know, I don't know if it really does help too much. Well, you got to think, too. You, you hear different voices. And that's something that I, I thought of point. when I used to be on the phones more. Mm-hmm. You hear people's voices and it kind of gives you a range of if, if you are in that space where you want to be in the acting space or if you're going to be in you know, voiceover work, which is still sure. acting just on the other side of the microphone. For sure. You've got to be able to hear certain cadences and certain patterns of voices. And have you ever had those moments where you'll hear, like, let's just say a British accent mm-hmm. and you're talking to him after a while and just little by little, your voice seems like you're coming from West London just yeah. a little bit. Oh, yeah. You're not I, trying I, to be disrespectful either. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, that's, that's cool. That's cool. All right. right. <laughs> and the way my brain works, too. Is like I'm I'm definitely doing that because I'm like I hear an accent and I, I want to practice yep. I want to try and get better at that and I, for sure that would happen. So you get an opportunity to be able to get more shots of, of the conversation, yeah, you know, like and and the interaction of being you know in what we do. You get to at least talk with folks and hear their own pieces of stories, and it may end up being something that you're not paying attention to now. Right. But you know, be it 24 months from now, 36 months from now, you might get a script or an opportunity to get across your desk of a gentleman that is an account that's based out of Southern California and he loves living by the beach probably heard a story about somebody that, that, you, that you've written up like okay yeah, he seemed like they're basically you're getting intel without them really knowing right and I feel like any like you could do a good movie on just like middle America and just like you know what is that that's small business and that's obviously what we do all day so I could be a small business owner yeah yeah I mean a movie that I truly still get to appreciate and it's held up pretty well is Cedar Rapids 
Mm. Have you seen that? I have not. Okay. I'm going to have to put that on the it, list. It came out, uh, I think, like 2010, 2011. It's about okay. an insurance agent. Oh, word. In Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Yeah. And it's about a, an insurance conference of John C. Riley's in it. Oh, word. Um, was it Ann Hesh, I think is her name. And I'm now I'm forgetting a man from The Wire. I just remember Senator Clay Davis mm-hmm. from The Wire. Yeah, it's some it's it's funny Word. because I'd say it's about eighty five percent accurate to what some of those you know state conventions can end up getting into, and it's funny. So That's I ain't gonna awesome. give too much of it. So salute Word, to anybody yeah. that any of the insurance and financial heads that may end up hearing this pod and have seen that good movie because it is it's one of those uh, industry cult classic kind of things. Oh, word. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at that one for sure. Now, a couple of random questions as okay. far as. We're going to stay in cinema. Sure. If you had to give a Mount Rushmore of your favorite films, mm. what would they be? And you know, Mount Rushmore only has four heads. Right. Yeah. Wow. I'll get this one out of the way first. I'm going to put the notebook up there. I'm a, wow. I'm a Ryan Gosling, you know, Rachel McAdams. That's just... Rachel McAdams, for sure. Like, I okay. love her. I, I understand that. I love her. I, I understand and, that. <laughs> but just wow. Just, just yeah. right off the rip. That's okay. up there. I, right. I, got, I, got, I like a, you know, a wide array of stuff. Okay. Um, I put okay. Fracture up there, too. It's with another Ryan Gosling, Anthony Hopkins, who mm-hmm. is in that top three for me. Okay. Um, you know, he was Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs. Just, I love that dude. Yes. Clarice. Um, some Keontae and Father Beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's hard to pick movies. Like, now I'm thinking just like, what I've seen in the past couple of years, I really enjoyed The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio, the one he won an Oscar on. I thought that was... Oh, the one where the bear mauled him and all that? Yeah, like just... Because there are so many scenes in that movie where he had no speaking role or anything. It was just everything he had to just portray quiet himself. And I thought it was just absolutely incredible from, from start to finish. Man, that fourth one is... Cause they all mesh together. I'm just like, I got... To boil it down to four, it's like, that's tough. That's tough. Well, it's probably like similar when it comes to music now. I was listening to a pod when I was flying, and forgive me that pod. I'm not trying to show you shade by not giving you credit. Just it's been first couple of days after being off for the last couple of weeks. You mm-hmm. know, not everything. Everything's kind of like blurring together as far mm-hmm. as videos that you're playing through when you're getting caught up on email. They were talking about that they used to be able to, you know, if a new track came out or a new CD came out, they'd be able to after two or three plays of the album, know the majority of the words. And now because content comes out so frequently, it's not that not trying to remember it, that and then just life in general, you know, things speeding up. You don't have that random brain minutia time. Right. I think a lot of ways movies and contents that way, you know, because you cut on your Netflix app right now and there's 72 movies to your algorithm, about 60 of them are trash. But mm-hmm. if you find a couple on there, then, you know, you watch two or three of them. And then the next week they'll give you more and you really you're absorbing the information. But it's just maybe not the same kind of retention you know, off the content. So it's OK if you can't think of your fourth. Movie. Man, but if I could look down on a list or just like what I've seen, I could I could pick some other ones because I just thought of the usual suspects. Okay. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. yeah. And one of the older ones like yeah, for sure. I don't know if I, I might end up editing it out that name because, you mm-hmm. know, not Kaiser Serze, but the other one just because mm-hmm. seemed like anybody that brings that name up right now is dying. Yeah, that's a, that's that. His whole everything. That whole story is just wild. Yeah. And yeah. It you know went from top five to not mention at all. Like, oh, Cause that's like <laughs> as, as an aspiring actor too, like, man, House of Cards, like all like for sure. I really um, I looked no, up to him and that was a, that was a tough one. The movie uh, American Beauty. Oh, yes. That was a great movie. Absolutely. That seven, I mean, he's got a catalog, bro. What's in the box? Come on. John Doe has the upper hand. (laughs) For sure. That's a classic. That's a solid Morgan Freeman right there. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. That's all I got. (laughs) So, if you had to, you know, think about how 
from the next 24 to 36 months can look as far as with your aspiring career in the arts? What would be ideal to you? Man, ideal would just do some small stuff. You know, try and see if, you know, stuff up in, in, in Phoenix, Scottsdale or something like that. You know, if, even if it's just like student-run movies or plays or something like that, you know, I definitely would want to um, just build a resume. You know, build a reel, something I could put out there and just kind of send and, and just start. You know, I would love a full time just to run and just do auditions all the time and just see kind of what comes back. Yeah, from having a, a good gentleman that was a former guest on on this show, uh, Michael Montero. Salute to my guy in Atlanta now, um, writer for the Ring Magazine, Boxing Monthly, um, Neutral Corner Podcast. Any of our folks that are listening to our pod, they already know we we follow and tag them anytime, and we're gonna get them back on the pod probably before the Wilder Fury fight just to get his perspective. But at a certain point in time, he used to live in LA. I was about to say Atlanta, but he lives in LA, he used to live in LA for many years where I met him there and he was an aspiring actor. And he just kind of told the story of, you know, how you got to try to maneuver yourself through the town. And he had bit parts, you know, a lot of goon type roles right. in the journey uh, and then just got his craft in writing and it just kind of went from there. You know, I think that when I can get a hold of him, I'm going to bring him up just that maybe he can give you some pointers on, you know, how to be able to route yourself in that channel down that way. That would be awesome. You know, I'm, I'm a sponge and especially with that stuff, man, I'm looking anything to anything. Anyone could teach me. I'm, I'm here to hear it. And something that we have to keep in mind, too, is with now so much content being out in the space that you have to maybe even consider doing some voiceover. I mean, I talked to uh, there's a girl at work that I was talking to about it. And I mean, Phoenix is a big hub for that, apparently. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not going to limit myself to anything. So like if that is an, an avenue as well, I'd definitely get into that. Yeah. I remember there was a class that I went to a couple years ago. Somebody had bought it on a Groupon. Now, my mother bought it for me as a Christmas oh, gift on Groupon, and it was to a voice actor um, studio. Salute to the voice actor studio in Las Vegas. And, you know, hearing the story of the owner, Melissa Motes, she was the best way to be able to recognize her voice. I think they have Ashley Furnitures out in Arizona. Oh, yeah. And then Best Western. She's the, the national voice for both of those. Oh, word. And her regular speaking voice, you didn't really hear it, but then it was like, you know, hit the switch. And like, oh, yep, yep. Right. Yeah, there is. I remember that, you, Like, right? I heard that. Now, I got you. Beth, you you're right there on that Best yeah. Western. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she just told her story about, you know, being able to, she wanted to be in, in front of the camera, but it just worked out for her career to go behind it. And then she talked about, you know, the passion, how to be able to do it and being able to create a life off of it. And then one of her best stories, which I've actually used that concept as we're recording in a hotel room in Tucson, mm -hmm. is being able to be out on vacation, come into her hotel room for about an hour, try to pad the room up or even put the mattress, you know, like right in front of her oh, wow. for an actual ad and then send it off, clean it up, and then it went out. So it's like, all right, it's like, yeah, yeah, you may not be able to walk the runway, but I can also walk down the street and not get mugged. That's a good point. You know, you probably make some good money in that too, and like. Oh yeah, 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 they, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that strong. And she's been doing it for roughly about ten years, so much so that she was able to not have to do it as much full time and open wow. up a studio to try to bring other voice actors in. And honestly, because of that project and then being in college, her voice actors class, even though I only went to the beginners, and you know, time and wise works out in February. Go pick up some you know follow up classes. It gave me the idea of okay, even when because she used that example about being in a hotel room, right? It made me think like okay, then maybe one of these days I can make that work out. And even in a smaller scale to be sitting here now, being able to ask a young man as yourself to be able to, to take a couple minutes out of your time right. to come holler at me because we've got the technology now to be here. I mean, that's been super dope to me. That's fire. Yeah. I mean, this is a great setup too. It's just, it works. Yeah. 
you can get anything done. I got to go through with the rundown because I wouldn't be able to get you off the pod without asking a couple of questions when it comes to hoops. Because I know you still sure. keep up with it. And I'm going to start with the dude that you got them damn shoes on. Okay. What do you think is going to happen first? The Lakers win a title or LeBron's hairpiece falls all the way out? <laughs> it's the hairpiece, bro. It has, it has to be. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get through the West. No. And, no. and I don't I don't want any LeBron slander. All the LeBronites do not come after me. Like, I, I don't, I mean, I get it. Like, when people, like, if there's a video of him, like, flopping or something, like, I get that. Yeah. Sure. But, like, that man gets a lot of hate. Yeah. For the thing. And, like, he's probably a better person than he is on the court, off the court. The stuff I, he does. Like, without question. There and just the, the caliber of basketball player he is. Why waste your time hating him or, or or talking smack or something? Like, man, just sit back on your couch. You're watching history. You're living through probably one of the, in my opinion, I didn't get to watch much Jordan, but even like dominance, like Kobe. probably the best player ever. Kobe too. Like, oh my god, like just watch these dudes. Yeah, something that I've I've really appreciated seeing is Kobe's evolution of a man mm. post retirement. Like, you know, he's doing interviews now. I mean, the man won an Oscar. Word. You know, he's he's coaching his <laughs> girls up, and he's coaching them hard Word. too. You saw uh, him on Instagram, and it's, yeah, 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 yeah. He's got that yeah. like Kobe mentality. And I mean, and he even just did. Uh, if there's a podcast to listen to, all the smoke mm. with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. Oh, I saw a video of that, and I was crying. Yeah, I gotta listen. Yeah, I gotta yeah. get into that. I mean, they they got a great plug because they've got great people that can come on and be able to give them a platform and talk about a conversation. But I just okay. saw their most recent episode. Kobe was on there. Oh my God. And you, you think about it, Kobe, 10 years ago, he didn't want to even talk to anybody. No. And now since then, like, he's giving... And not Matt Barnes. Yeah, he's telling <laughs> stories. Like, and it's it's beautiful, narrated stories. Like He even went into the conversation about how him and Shaq probably should have had a few more titles. So, again, wow. on For The Taste Show, we still give credit to podcasts that are worth a damn to listen to. Gotcha. Why? Because I want you guys to get an idea of where we're getting at least a track of what the world is doing in our conversations. For sure. You know. Absolutely. I'm not, yeah, I got to listen to that one. For All right. Sure. So now if you're going to pick out two teams, one to come from the West, one to come from the East, I'll give you the East first. Miami Heat. Man, that is a curveball right there. That's my team. Okay. Since, since 2006, I, I was a young kid watching D-Wade and Shaq. And I remember watching this being like, this is the best thing I ever saw in my life. Yeah, I remember watching that, too, and, and being a Dallas Mavericks fan and being a mm. huge Dirk and Michael Finley fan. Uh, mainly, I was a Mavs fan because of Michael Finley, number four, because okay. it was a player that I wanted to emulate, especially when he was out at Wisconsin. Got you. Um, yeah, in his yeah. early Phoenix Suns years. But, yeah, that the Mavs teams. And then, ooh, the video games back in the day, if you used the Mavs, it was like cheat code with Steve Chill. Nash mm -hmm. and with Dirk. Like Still. NBA Live back when, you know, EA Sports used to actually have an NBA game. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember getting NBA Live 06 with D-Wade on the cover. I got a PS3 or 2 that same. It was, that, uh, was, that was everything. Yo, I, was the best. Just a random story. My crew used to be heated because, you know, you play certain rules. Like in our summertime, because all you could do is basically go to the gym. Right. You know, go work your, your student job mm -hmm. and then just post up. And, you know, there was a lot of college football back when that. And hashtag bring back NCAA oh, football. Now the best game ever, ever created because Heisman mode. I don't care Heisman mode. Being able to recruit Stop. all that, like they need to. They then have to find a way to do that. They had college basketball for a hot minute before you know kids started going one and done. That was a fun game. That's when you know like the dynasty mode was always fun. But then it doesn't get better than that. The NBA Live, you know, we'd make certain rules like you can't play with your favorite team. So then the cheat code was getting the Atlanta Hawks. I would pull Jason Terry off of the point guard and move him to two guard and start Dan Dickow. Because Dan Dickow was only like a 65, but his threes was 89. <laughs> and Cook with like 40-point bust-outs with Dan Dickow. 
it's, you figured it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like the NBA Jazz when we went to the, the arcade of, what was that, last year. Yeah. You, know, you just get in the corner. Like, you get dead left shrimp, or, you know, you get Sean Kemp in the corner. Game you know, over. Game over. Come on. All right, Can't so that. the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets down there. Jimmy Buckets, Tyler Hero, who's... who's Interesting story about wow. Tyler Hero. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching him at Kentucky, too, and I was like... I remember when, Porz- when when the Knicks picked Porzingis, like, my pop, my dad was pissed. He was like, obviously never heard of him, was upset. So, you know, I saw the Heat pick Hero, and I was like, okay, like, he was all right. You know, like, I, I like I saw good things from him in, in college, but, like, you know, I, I didn't really know. But then, man, he's been a yeah. phenomenal pick and just an, a problem for a lot of people. Yeah, there was a Bleacher Report um, story right around the draft that talked about Tyler Hero because he, he was Mr. Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, and then just small town, and then he decided to recommit from going to Wisconsin to go to Kentucky, and just the slanderous, you know, just animosity that he had, and yeah. you know, the death threats and all that, which is a whole other conversation that we'll have to pick up on another time about, you know, small town college basketball and how sometimes they think that it's bigger than what it is. It's all they got, right? You know, and he, you know, he made himself the hell of a player that he was. So I like seeing, you know, I see that now. I can't appreciate the heat anymore because Wade is gone. I know. You know that's my that was my that's my favorite player of all time, for yeah. sure. Like D Wade, I just the, the cultivator of the Euro step. Oh my god. Dude was silky smooth. The, like the wide Euro step back in the converse and days. Dunk, and then dunk all over you. Yeah. All over Euro step. Yeah. And that's why now his <laughs> knees go sideways. Yeah. Man's not supposed to go hard left, hard right and then be able to go up and be able to flush no. like that. But, yo, that was I mean that's why I'm a heat fan. Okay. Because of D Wade when I was a young kid. So when he left, you know, that was very upsetting. When he went to the Bulls, mm. that was the worst worst time of my life well he went because i can't stand the bulls he went home i know but like i'm like for me i was like the bulls that hurt that yeah. hurt but you know I, I get it and then you know go to the Cavs and then do what you got to do but he came back he came back to miami for you know before and, he left so like we're cool and you know timing is everything because he wouldn't have made that trip back to the bulls if d um i was about to say d wave but if d rose wasn't you know, basically bad need out and True. salute to the OG, you know, Derrick Rose still being out there and go get money. Yo, anytime I see a highlight of him just, just putting work on somebody, like I tear up a little bit. Yeah. I promise. Like, well, because I think what we, that I, story hurt. I sent you a video like back when, like when D Rose was D Rose, that, that's, oh, that's nasty. Prime highlights, his MVP season yeah. highlights. Disgusting. Again, nobody's supposed to be able to do a spin move and go straight vert off of two feet and then do a jackknife. Yeah. And, and then land one foot and then sit there and look at like, no, that, you knew that that torque was eventually going to go the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that dude was explosive. So you still, you really do think that the Heat are going to get through? I'm, st- I'm trying to speak things into existence okay. right now. Okay, all right, all I mean, right, right Levar Ball. If, if we, <laughs> I mean, if we got to be realistic about it. Probably it can't be a this. team where a point guard can't hit a three. I got you. I was still thinking. I mean, I, was, I could see he's still being the Sixers or the Celtics. I was about to say the likelihood is to be the Celtics. Yeah, if I was going to pick a team, I could see that happening, but it'd be the Celtics. My Heat taking them down. In the okay. Eastern Conference Finals. All right, and then in the Dirty West, what are your thoughts? I want to say Lakers, because just Bron, AD. I mean, it's, it's that's tough to just look past. But you know, Clippers. I I, I still like Kawhi and just kind of just his mind and his work ethic with the team. I think he can shape a lot of people. LeBron too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think Kawhi's a, a problem and, and could really do another run. Here's what my thoughts are on that is LeBron and the Lakers, as of this recording, are like 22-0 and 0 against sub-500 teams. Mm-hmm. He's putting too many miles on those tires right now. Um, Got to be load management. I mean, And I don't – now that's the other swing of it. Now, 
you know, Popovich used to get, you know, slapped upside the hand about doing that back when he had the big three in San Antonio, but he wasn't so blatant about it. You know, he right. might have Tony play 10 minutes and sit him down. Or, right. you know, he'd have Timmy dress and then, like, oh, he pulled his hammy real quick. Game so time decision. Right. Fair but enough. to just come out like load, man, like, I'm not a fan of that. Right. You know, but I get it. These guys are multi million dollar pieces of art that are on a court. It's true. That are getting people to come watch them at a gallery. Right. So you don't want them to be messed up to where you can't see them. The, with the Lakers spending that many minutes with LeBron right now, I don't see that being well in the playoffs. Yeah. And he is 35, and he's like an old 35 on the body. Right. So they say like yeah, he's man. basically pay, uh, played about another three and a half seasons outside of his seasons post high school, and that's not including practice. That's not including workouts. That's not even including the international. You forget the practices and the workouts. Yeah. yeah, those are the ones that hurt the worst. Right. You know, and then the pickup ball that he was just out there doing when he was younger, because you know he, he did all the. Hoop. Right. Yeah, he was doing all that running at the Rucker before the Rucker. You know, went away and all that. Yeah. Uh, did you ever get a chance to go to Rucker? No, Damn. never. Yeah, I was about I was to just, just we about to shut the whole conversation down and go to the <laughs> Rucker. You know. Um, <laughs> Okay. Crazy. Here's why I think that it'll end up being the other team that's in that building. It's because of this great quote right here. Bored man gets paid. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, bored man gets paid. You're like, what? Uh, no, mainly because, partially because of that load management. But mm-hmm. then they're playing it like it's a marathon. Right. You know, the Lakers right now are playing like we've got to get asses back in the seats. Yeah. And have people knowing that this is an L.A. Laker town. Right. Which may end up mean, I mean, and honestly, LeBron might only have one or two more of these, quote, peak years. Right. Unless something ends up becoming more, you know, growth enhancement. Maybe. Cause, yeah. Right. Yeah. Seeing the things he's still doing this year at 35 is, is crazy. I'm like, and you watch it and you're like, how long can you do this? Because you've been doing it for a while already. Right. Right. And then we look at Vince Carter, too. I mean, like, you, know, you might be all right. First player to play in four different decades. Salute to Vince Sanity, man. <laughs> Come yeah. on, that's crazy. Or, or half still, man, half amazing. And he's yeah. still throwing windmills down. He There was a, a no video problem. of him in a button-up and some slacks. Yes, and, and dress shoes. <laughs> and basically and dunked off the vert at 41 years old. It's crazy. You know, and I mean, yeah, he's six seven, and his arms are like right around six eight and a half. But even that dunk, it wasn't the old man just scraped the rim dunk. No. Like there, there was some pull down on the rim clean. too. Uh, That's crazy. My favorite dunk that I've probably seen of my generation is Vince Carter. You know, the the Patrick Vice dunk when he was on Team USA. That's when you just look at the the pure geometrics of it. Like no grown ass man should be able to jump over another grown ass man at, at seven feet tall. Oh, seven feet, right? Yeah, and it wasn't like the seven feet where he pushed him down. He like no. he went up <laughs> and then just yeah, and then just went right back over me on the other side. The most disrespectful thing you could do on a court, like that's crazy, is dunk on somebody. Unreal. Yeah, I mean, unreal. And that's why people are like, oh, you know, I'd rather get dunked on than somebody cross me up. No, you won't. No, because yeah, the cross might have to do on the ground, but if he don't hit the shot, people forget about the cross for sure. If you get bang city on, if you're on a play ground shit shut down if you're if you're on a regular actual game be it collegiate be it high school be it pros they pause for a little bit because usually the ball flies somewhere and that's when you get folks like your bench mob over there dancing and skipping yeah. and all that like oh, oh. We, yeah. we got something for you if you get dunked on yeah. absolutely and you know what the other thing is mm. no one's selling posters of a crossover maybe ai's but like yeah. it's a poster you got dunked on like okay that's gonna be up in a kid's bedroom 
right. at some point. Right. All my favorite player dunking on you. Man. People profit off that. Don't get dunked on. Yeah, that, that's the best. Don't get dunked on. One, that's going to be the episode title. <laughs> don't get dunked on. <laughs> don't, don't let it happen. And two, that's a good way to be able to tell the PSA for the kids out there that are listening. Wait, what, if you're listening to this podcast, shame on your parents. Even right. though ain't a lot of cussing in this podcast, you should be listening to some. Go get some Yo Gabba Gabba or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but if you are listening to this podcast, <laughs> don't get dunked on, bro. You can get crossed over. You can get back up and still get back to the shop, but don't get dunked on. You will help yourself in the long run. Yeah, yeah. You'll help your pride. It'll come it, back. You'll help your back. Uh, you'll help your Achilles because you might get landed on the wrong way and then blow that out. Crossover, your ankle might swell up and more off. Not nobody can break ankles no more because you ain't allowed to carry the ball like that. So you're fine. Your confidence will take the biggest blow. Straight up. And it takes years to get back. I've been able to get just I wasn't a jumper, but mm. to dunk on somebody is fun. I had more where somebody got me with the bop gun than me being able to get them with the bop gun. So I've seen it on yes. both sides of it. Yeah, dunking on people is the best feeling ever. Yeah. Absolutely. You you're on top of the world, everything. But playing AAU, I'll, I'll never forget it to this day. I, I still can picture it. I can feel how I felt. Some dude caught a whole oop on me. Mm-hmm. An oop. I wasn't paying attention. I, I, I looked on the wrong side of the lane. I, I did this. They said a good back screen. And next thing I know, it was way too late. I was about to say, there's an experience that I remember from high school because we ran the Amoeba 113 zone. Okay. And I played bottom block. And if somebody mm-hmm. does the swing where the ball goes and that back screen comes the other way, boom. And the next thing you know, somebody's flying over. They basically set you to be underneath the rim. Mm-hmm. So when you even try to jump on it. And then sometimes when you're feeling, you, you, you got like an extra two or three inches off your vert because you hit some summertime weights. You're like, okay, I'll jump right. with some folks. Wrong idea. Don't jump. Yeah. Like even one of my best as a friend, salute to another quality podcast, my man Charles Ashley with Ashley to Ashley. I remember I was just coming back off of a dislocated elbow mm. and, and I couldn't get the ball the right way off the rim. And, you know, he had like a 42 inch vertical. Well, I was in the, <laughs> in the 30s. Right. <laughs> and, man. you know, one arm, my left arm, try to get the ball and try to secure it down. Buddy came over me, took the ball out of my hand, and, <laughs> and then. Thankfully enough, I didn't fall on my face because I wanted to make sure I didn't pop that thing out of place again. There you go. Right. Yeah. That's true. But don't get dunked on, kids. Don't, don't get dunked just on. don't let it happen, please, for y'all's sake. Just don't. Greg, I've appreciated this conversation. Good, sir. Sure. Uh, before you get out of here, if you can tell the good folks how to be able to keep up with the aspiring actor that is Greg Nowak. So you can follow me on Twitter if you want. It's going to be at it's gonna be at Greg Nowak for it's going to be N-O-A-C-K. Greg Nowak on Instagram. You know, shoot me a follow. Hopefully, you know, I'm going to have some stuff to post in the next couple months, next okay. couple years. I'm hoping. All right. Blessings, man. No doubt. Hey, until the next time, you good folks, again, make sure you follow at Greg Nowak on IG and on Twitter. And make sure you keep up with the brand. This is episode 10 that will be out there into the space. So we hit a good watermark here on this one. Mm-hmm. I am truly appreciate that you were able to take the time with me, man. Right back at you. Appreciate you having me. All right, make sure you follow at For the Taste at BK Norris 13 at Mr. Duncan 4. Merry New Year to the people that, you know, have gotten into the new year. And if you lost some people coming into the new year, remember them and do the best that you can to look forward to their successes for them. Until the next time that we get together, y'all be good, be well. Yeah, we out.